0: Hi, everybody. I'm Sina Gaznavi, and my co-host, Justin Williams, and I are working with the team from last podcast to the left to launch a new show called Fraudsters. That's right. We're
1: like the hall of shame for scammers. This season, we'll show you the future with Miss Clio.
2: Call me now for your free reading. We've got Ponzi schemes. We've got crypto fraud. We've got catfishing. This
0: will be a perfect podcast. 100% guaranteed or your money back. Sina, I think it's free. Oh, that's right. Fraudsters, starting next week, listen for free, only on Spotify. There's no place to escape to. This is the last.
2: On the left. (laughs) That's when the
1: cannibalism started. What was that?
2: And I can call you up and spend the time.
3: you remember that? No, I don't, actually. So happy together. Yeah, the turtles, ba,
1: ba, isn't it? Ba, no, I
2: know that. I- this
3: is why the 60s and 70s created so many serial killers, because you can see someone cleaning the gun, listening to that, and smiling and just like having a picture of Nixon that they stare at all the time.
2: Fucking song telling me I'm in love. <laughs> I hate love. Did you guys have to do that
1: in elementary school? Every year we had to they put together like a pageant where we had to do a giant choreographed dance to that song and it hmm. was always like kind of loaded because it was you always wondered which girl was I going to be paired up with this oh, year. my! and it was always like high elementary school drama because relationships were made relationships were broken Sure. just within the choreography of that and me you know the whole time I'm like Oh God! I sure hope that Jules the one I get paid with, because last time it was Dumpy Stephanie. And then all oh, of a sudden, yes. I'm well, back with Stephanie because Stephanie and I have the same game. Dumpy Stephanie, <laughs> well, I would love
3: to hear what she has to say about you, Mr. Sobrowski. I, I weren't think- exactly—you weren't exactly a Romeo. I think she might have died in nine eleven. Well, that's why she's a hero, (laughs) not just for dancing with you, for also working in finance. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben with Henry and Marcus. Hello. Today, why are we talking uh, about Age of Aquarius? No, why are we talking about the turtles? Perfect. Because um, that was what I used to sing in high school or in middle school. It was Age of Aquarius. We're the Age of Aquarius. Aquarius. Age Age
0: of of Aquarius. 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 We went square dancing.
3: All right, so today we're going to be talking about why we're we talking about songs from the early
0: 70s. That's what I'm trying to say.
3: Today we are going to be talking about the 1971 Manson Family Western Surplus Shootout. That's right, this Manson Family, they didn't just rob a baby from Sharon Tate, which was horrible. They also robbed apparently a gun store.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what. The uh shootout b- Bullets were the only thing we were shooting out. The Manson family, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, having sex with each other. You were having (laughs) sex with
0: each other. Okay. No, and you got to say it right. The 1971 Manson Family Western Surplus Shootout! All in
3: all is 1971. That was the last time the Milwaukee Bucks won an NBA championship. They're currently in the East right now going against the Miami Heat. It's quite a doozy if you wanted to know that aspect of what I'm bringing to the show today. more.
1: <laughs> propaganda to start our show
0: now one thing that sometimes gets overlooked in the story of charles manson is that the members of the cult who went to jail for the tate la bianca murders were not the only followers of charles manson
3: they were a team they were so he had like splinter cells he had splinter groups that's how powerful manson was
0: it wasn't necessarily splinter groups. It's just that the cult was a lot larger than the, you know, I think five some odd people who actually went and committed the murders. At one okay. point, Manson had almost 100 followers.
1: Woo! I mean, loosely, at that point, that was when he was having big get togethers. So he'd have parties and it, so it would kind of wax and wane the size yeah. of the cult. By this point, mm. it was like 25 hardcore members deep.
3: Well, yeah, because you can't just throw a potluck and then say that you are a cult leader and all of these people are your <laughs> cult Followers, they're just bringing m- macaroni and cheese. Hey Amen. If they're out there eating my cult stew, you have become a uh, an adjacent. You're at least cult adjacent. What could yeah. a meat? What kind of meat would you put in a cult stew? Rabbit. Huh? That makes sense. That, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, there were actual celebrities involved with Charles Manson's cult. Like, don't forget that Dennis Wilson, the drummer from the fucking Beach Boys, was a staunch. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily call him a member. He was more a cult buddy for a long time, but it still gave Manson a lot of cred. He
1: was a benefactor because they would go live in his shitty house until finally they got sick of them being inside of his fucking mansion.
3: I get it. (laughs) And
1: (laughs) and then Charlie waved the knife at him.
0: Mm, (laughs) That'll do it. Well, besides Tex, Leslie, Susan, Big Patty, and the rest, there was a whole cast of what John Waters calls in his book, Role Models, the B-teamers, that were highly active in Los Angeles, both during and after Manson's trial, besides just their courtroom antics, which everyone knows about. Just once I wish they would call me Patty. Not (laughs)
1: Big Patty. It's not even, honestly, I'm going to say it's not even a negative thing. I love how much Patty there is for (laughs) us to have you love you love big patty i i i i appreciate big patty <laughs> you you appreciate big patty. Yes. Now, can I please, please <laughs> hand the pizzas to the rest of the party?
3: You appreciate Big
0: Oh, my God. Even your tears are huge. Yeah, the John Waters book, uh, Role Models, is fucking great. Came out in like 2010. There's a whole chapter, a whole essay about his friendship with Leslie Van Houten. Oh. Uh, so anyone who's uh, like interested in the Manson family, like John Waters, is a, a mini historian because he attended a lot of the trials at the time. Cause he was just fascinated with it.
1: Yeah. So this story comes from his book role models. And then the, uh, there's a great documentary that I forgot came out in 2018. called Manson, the lost tapes where they're, uh, footage was shot while manson was in court that went to go speak to essentially what was left of the b team uh it was a documentarian by the name of robert hendrickson who they found all of this bullshit of like on the, the this footage had went missing and it's it's fascinating because it's within the cult and i this didn't come out when we had done our original series and just watching the fucking the bush hair dance.
3: What is it with people when they're doing something like dancing around with their bush hairs blowing in the wind, where they're thinking, someone's gotta get a camera on this. We better document this. Why is it why is it always that case?
0: Now, even though Manson was in jail and guaranteed to die there, the B-teamers of the squad still believed that there would come a day when they would be reunited with Charlie. And in 1971, six Manson followers tried to jumpstart the dream. So would you describe them as like the X-Force? Yeah, okay. Yeah, X Force, X Factor at best.
3: Anyway, it's the 99 cent store of toys. When you go in and you're like, I want a wrestling figure, and then you just get the generic one that has a lucha mask, and your mom is like, pretend it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you have to. Oh, you mean Single Father Christmas? Yay! (laughs) It's still
1: Christmas
0: somewhere. Led by Kenneth Como, a.k.a. Curly. This ragtag group of hippies, some new to the family and some OG, they developed a plan to break out Charles Manson and presumably take him to the hole in Death Valley to wait out the race war Manson was so sure was coming. All right, I have 15 pounds of butter.
3: What do you think (laughs) we can do with this to get Charlie out of there? Okay,
2: I got an idea. All right, listen. We get that butter. First thing to do, we make a series of shrimp scampies for the guys. (laughs) Listen. They will be so consumed by the Italian flavors and so overwhelmed oh, by the Charlie. cholesterol in their system, yeah. they will go to sleep. And then I, I turn into water like Alex <laughs> Mack. I can do that. I haven't told anybody you that can I can. do that. Yeah, Let me show you. Let me go. Uh, oh, I'm just, I'm just pissing. Yeah, you're pissing all over the
0: place. Uh. <laughs> now, Curly was actually new to the Manson family because Curly's first allegiance was to the Aryan Brotherhood the group of white supremacists who were essentially a prison gang. Mm. See, Manson had glommed on to the A.B. in prison for protection after he realized the judo he'd been practicing in his cell (laughs) wasn't going to fend off the legions of prisoners who wanted a shot at the man who'd ordered the death of a beautiful pregnant movie star.
2: You know what they say, is that in judo, you're supposed to use their weight against them, right? You use their (laughs) weight to trap them, but honestly, a lot of these guys don't like being called Biggie Boy. (laughs) really.
0: I can, just, uh, I can imagine him in his fucking <laughs> cell. <laughs> ha! Ha!
2: Coming from my feet. Oh, next thing you know. Oh, is that his feet? Oh, it's <laughs> my shoulders. You know?
0: Picture Sir
3: Sirhan being like, I wish the bullet would have
0: hit me. Oh, well, it's such, Charlie declared his allegiance to the AB with his now famous... Forehead swastika. I'm yeah.
1: also I'm not uncomfortable, but I'm starting to get a little worried about your turning the Aryan Brotherhood into an acronym, only <laughs> just because it just slowly it's just rolling off the tongue so easily. Just part of an A and B,
0: you know. I got tired of writing Aryan, typing out Aryan Brotherhood over and over again. <laughs> I get it. But the Aryan Brotherhood wasn't offering Manson protection out of the kindness of their hearts. What and I always I always wondered this myself. What the fuck? Did the Aryan Brotherhood get out of protecting Charles Manson?
1: With The Lost Tapes has an interview with his cellmate from 1961 to 1967, and this guy basically says Charlie first became popular in prison because of how fun it was to beat him up and make fun of him. <laughs> and that people would take turns bullying him, almost to the point where they had an agreement amongst each other. I was being like, Hey, how you doing? Hey, Texas, you getting Charlie today? Yep, and I'm going to take this
2: whole (laughs) chunk of soap
3: and put
0: it inside of him and call him a shower.
3: (laughs) Oh my goodness, that's not where soap belongs,
0: unless you're dirty. In exchange for protecting his tiny body, Manson gave the Aryan Brotherhood on the outside free sexual access to female Manson followers and nude photos of those same followers to the AB members that were still incarcerated.
3: I don't think he had the right to do that.
0: No, no, but that's but that is how strong of a that. I mean, that shows you how strong of a hold Manson still had on his followers when he was still in prison, even after he was sentenced to death. Jeez, they were exercising a sort of willful ignorance because they reached
1: a crossroads in their belief once Charlie went to prison. Because our I'm still in our school of thought where Charlie Manson was not. Like a great leader, he just was a—he was the leader that they got, and that yeah. they decided to attach themselves to because a lot of them also were not maybe the most impressive group of Americans that ever existed. I think that's fair to say, yeah. <laughs> but Charles Manson, when they at this point had been telling them, "I'm the new coming of Jesus Christ," you know, like he'd stand out and be like, "See, this, they nailed me up like this, I don't want ow, ow,
2: ow, ow, ow." ow. Like he would do these sort
1: of presentations. So there was a moment where they're like, if Charlie is magic, uh-huh. this is when he'll do it.
3: That's a yeah. big if. That yes. is a pretty large if. <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. Now, Curly, the Aryan Brotherhood member, he joined the Manson family in earnest when he escaped from jail in late July during a somewhat clever ruse. Hmm. See, Curley had been called to testify on Manson's behalf in the trial concerning the murder of Shorty Shea, who was a ranch hand at Spahn Ranch, whom Tex Watson and Steve Grogan had killed because Manson thought Shorty was a snitch
3: never good when the Aryan Brotherhood is there to take the defense stand for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that is like, I don't know I if you're going to win necessarily. I want there. No. I am
1: not going to give a member of the AB, as Marcus so coolly shorts them down. <laughs> no, no. Okay, yeah, cooling out with AB. <laughs> I am not going to give one of their phone numbers, like, if I need reference, like, for work. No, no, <laughs> I don't
3: think
0: so. But before Curly testified, he escaped from jail and hid out amongst the Manson family. Now, as we know, the Manson family was not made up of the brightest minds of the late 60s, (laughs) and none of them were career criminals. Mm -mm. These are all just fucking hippies. I mean, with the amount
3: of acid they were taking, I think their minds may have been bright. Like, I don't know if, like, they're not smart, but I think there was, like, a brightness. There was a a
1: phosphorescence. Yes.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely
1: a bioluminescence coming out of them just from the sheer amount of LSD.
0: Yeah, Well, I mean, the, the amount of LSD that they took I mean, cannot be overstated because they, these people were on LSD leading up to the murders for months at Jeez. a time. They were never sober. In fact, uh, this is something that I read in, uh, in John Waters' essay that I didn't know before. In the middle of murdering Sharon Tate and everyone else at that house, Tex Watson stopped and looked in the mirror trying to remember his name trying to remember who he was he could not remember it it's a state am i am i oklahoma <laughs> oh
2: my god In South Let's Dakota.
0: what is this accent
3: is it uh, massachusetts is it massachusetts <laughs> is, my, is my name massachusetts
1: that seems long for a nickname my, fir- my first name is shorter than that
0: <laughs> Curly on the other hand was a criminal through and through and seeing as how he already had quite a bit of gang experience he soon became the leader of the Manson family on the outside as soon as he g- the Manson family came in he took control of that fucking ragtag group of hippies and turned them into a criminal enterprise
1: yeah see I'm gonna show you how I'm invisible see whoop, 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 whoop.
0: <laughs> and
3: then
1: they went he's like, yeah, poke oh, really? me in the eyes, see? When he, he'd poke him in the eyes, but he'd block it each time. And he's like, yeah, uh-huh. I'm invisible, she. And then spin around in a circle on the ground.
3: So anyone who is uh, under the age of 82, that is a Three Stooges reference.
1: You don't know that reference,
3: kids? What's going on with these fucking Zoomers? You can scream into the abyss all you want, but they may not.
0: But, you know... It, Instead of just kind of taking him off to do whatever Curly wanted to do, Curly actually kept to his word and they all began planning a scheme to free Charlie. Now, by this point, Manson and his cohorts had already been sentenced to death for the Tate LaBianca murders. But as I mentioned, the trial of the murder of Shorty Shea was ongoing and there was still the trial for the murder of musician Gary Hinman. After that, during the lost tapes, that was all filmed while the
1: trial was going on. And seeing the sort of their selective memory, because it's interesting to watch the B team react because they were not chosen to be part of the A team for a reason. The this they (laughs) are the leftovers, just like the show, and they are all. These guys are just the ugliest men I've ever seen. All, all of them. Clem is Clem looks like a human fucking jack-o'-lantern. And the other guy, one of the guys has one of those mustaches that's the mustache. He's completely bald up top, but he's got the back hair, but he's got a mustache that connects into his sideburns, into the back hair. So essentially, he has a lasso of hair that goes underneath his nose.
0: And by the way, Clem Grogan, his nickname
3: was Scramblehead. <laughs> scramble head
1: you don't trust Scramblehead with any sort of direction
3: no man you should never be a euphemism for an omelet right. ever
1: but they all were explaining because they all the interviewer was asking them like how'd you feel about the fact that they killed a pregnant woman and they would do this reaction where each woman would be like at first i was like hmm but then i was like it's all groovy blood's groovy and it's just one baby isn't in a million babies. You just have another baby and you make another
3: baby. They well, she were can't all... have another baby, though. She can't. She is, she is very dead. But one of them was like, well,
1: Charlie told me that the soul of that baby went into my baby and that I had that baby. And then the interviewer is like, so tell me, where is this your, what is your current baby? And she's like, where
0: is that
3: baby? <laughs> gone. (laughs) They gotta find the baby.
0: Yeah, I think the baby that was taken away I think the baby's name was Tim Tam uh, or something similar. Clip clap. It's a fun <laughs> name for a baby, Tim Tam. Yeah, and there were a lot of murders around the Tate LaBianca murders. like The Gary Henneman murder, that was before the, the Tate murders even began, and the Shorty Shea murder was after the Tate LaBianca murders, because the uh, the Spahn Ranch had gotten raided, and Charles Manson had blamed Shorty Shea for this, and Shorty Shea was just a dude who hung it. He was a stuntman. He was kind of like, a, you know, Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. yeah. Of course. I would imagine Brad Pitt's character is loosely based on shorty Shea,
3: i can't believe how many uh, i mean obviously it's not like good stuff but they got a lot of uh, stuff done with a brain full of acid i mean they yeah. were definitely very busy
1: yeah but not to completion
3: you know what i mean like <laughs> right. they
1: got a lot of stuff halfway done they got the dune buggy sure but to be honest anybody can get a dune buggy if you well, find that, one well, that's true
0: <laughs> well since manson was required to be present at the trial the murder of shorty Shea. He was in jail, not prison. So there was no better time to try and spring the family's tiny messiah. The only question was how to do it. Now, I read a few different accounts of what their actual plan was, but it seems like there were three possibilities. In the original plan... Curly was supposed to somehow abscond with the most wanted man in America during Curly's prison transfer, and the two of them would scamper away together.
3: (laughs) Wait, wait, hold on. What is is this grand idea? (laughs)
1: Curly was going to go in Start a food fight uh-huh. with all the guards. Duck as the head guard gets hits with a cake. And then they were going to go. Then they were just going to go. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, there was a, that was the plans. like, you know, Curly, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to say that you've got some evidence in Charlie's favor on Shorty Shea's trial, that you're going to testify for Charlie, but you don't have anything to say for Charlie. And what you're going to do is when they transfer you, you're going to get away. You're going to find Charlie and you're going to run away with him.
3: Seems like the hard part is everything. Yep. Because you got to get away. That's just the idea. That's what they wanted to do. They just did yada,
1: yada, yada. Charlie's back on Spawn Ranch eating me out. Okay.
0: (laughs) Got it. Well, I mean, Curly did manage to escape. I mean, he got the first half of his plan done. He got out of there, but he just, you know, he decided it's not the right time to try and spring Charlie.
3: Yeah, to go back to jail. Well, it's just also
1: very difficult. It's extremely difficult. It's very difficult. No, there's an an entire system trying to
3: keep him there. Yep. And you're just you just got a brain full of acid. You got the
1: spotlight. (laughs) They catch you on the wall. You go. You freeze. You know what I mean. (laughs) You're wearing a striped suit. It's difficult to walk around like that. They don't have the kind of fashions in the 70s that we have
3: now. Well, you got to get one guy to dress up like a sexy Bugs Bunny, scamper (laughs) around the yard, distract all the guards. Next thing you know, everyone's out at the back door. But guess
1: what, man? By 1965, they had already made all guards completely immune to sexy bunny men in dresses because they just like... They would do a program where what? they would have each one. This is true, and they would bring in young, lithe, twink men dressed as bunnies in sling dresses, and yeah. the cops would just beat off at they them until so they so <laughs> much, well, just so they became
3: numb to the idea of fucking them. Maybe they could do it faster too. Then, yeah,
1: and, so and hold the gun on you while fucking them.
0: Wow, well, I would like to meet. To, I would like to meet the warden of that jail. Well, since Curly scampered to the family alone, there were two other options. Okay. One was to just storm the courthouse with guns during the trial and run off with Manson tucked under their arm.
1: <laughs> that, honestly, to be of all of the plans, is kind of weirdly doable if you show up in force. Yeah. But he yeah. can also fit inside of a little FedEx box. Yeah. That you can, and you can very easily abscond with him if you can keep him from
3: struggling.
0: That's what the problem. He's
3: very active. Dress him up like normal, put him in a box, send him to Abu Dhabi.
0: <laughs> Perfect. The more likely plan, though, which was also the one most unlikely to work... Was to hijack a 747 passenger jet and kill one passenger every hour until Manson and the rest of the family were released from custody permanently.
3: These are these are acid ideas. <laughs> they this are acid this ideas. whiteboard is the dumbest whiteboard that has ever been drawn on. <laughs> All right. You know what I and there is a third plan
1: here. We reverse time using the powers of Superman. And we go back to before the crimes and we all move to Florida. (laughs)
2: That's a great
3: idea. That's what they should have done.
0: Well, while the Manson family that was still on the outside definitely had small arms, those plans required heavy firepower. You're not going to hijack a 747 with a fucking pistol. Nope. Nope. Not anymore. Definitely not. Not since 9/11. So, led by Curly, the B-teamers decided to rob a gun store to increase their arsenal. But before they even robbed the gun store, they robbed a beer, they robbed a liquor store and made away with $2,000 so they could buy a van to get away. Now, why didn't they just buy the guns? <laughs> I thought about that. That was also my first thought.
3: It seems easier to steal a van then it does steal a bunch of guns because you got to break into a store full of guns yeah, but to the, get guns. But the guns are like asking to be
1: stolen in a way. <laughs> hmm. You know what I mean? The adventure. Think about the adventure, Kissel. Yeah, I just think you can the get a... The van- call to action. Joseph Campbell,
3: story of a hero. No, I love the idea of stealing <laughs> adventure something. Adventure across the ship of
2: Inside the old
3: city. Vans are littered <laughs> everywhere. It's 1970. And people left California. the keys in
2: the above things yeah, yes. we can get a van.
1: Too easy.
0: <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> well, as far as the crew went, five members of the Manson family were drafted, besides Curly. Right alongside Curly was Catherine Cher. A.K.A. Gypsy, who mm. had joined the Manson family at the age of fifteen in 1967. Never trust anybody that could be
1: played by Leah Dunham in a movie.
0: Absolutely <laughs> not. They never should have the gun next to you. No, they, they should not. Well, prior to joining the Manson's, Gypsy had been a singer who cut some fair to middling singles under the name Charity Shane. They're okay. They're kind of like uh, uh, Mama Cass does Bob Dylan, uh, That's and then not later. Bad. But it's, it's, she's got a nice voice. It's Good. not as great as you think it'd be. There was a couple of group
1: sing-alongs in the Lost Tapes that they show. That actually shows, not only were they surprisingly like, sweet sounding, but they did harmonies. Huh. Yeah. And that takes fucking rehearsal.
0: Yeah, of course. That's all they did. Like, when they were around Charlie, like, they were a group. They knew what the fuck they were doing. Gypsy, actually, she had better than a nice voice. She had a beautiful voice. A lot of her stuff under the name Charity Shane is available over on YouTube. It's cool shit. Some of it is also a little bit like Nancy Sinatra. But Charity moved to Spawn Ranch after meeting sometime Manson family member Bobby Boussier on the set of a softcore pornographic film called The Rodder.
3: Mm. All right, it can't be softcore if it's called The Ramrodder. Also, what does jokes. that even mean? Everyone doesn't have an erection? Yeah, that's
1: the thing. A yeah, ramrodder sounds like you're just trying to fold up a super long penis that's yeah. very, very soft <laughs> well, it's inside horrible. of someone. But yeah, you shouldn't name a softcore porn anything with ram in it.
3: Rodder. Unless it's no. like...
1: Romancing the Ram, or the Ram the Ram Mysteries of Sheboygan.
3: <laughs> man, one of my favorite pornos is the Ram Mysteries of Sheboygan. There, there's a butt scene that is just incredible. You don't even know if it's a man or a woman.
1: And then they all wake up, and it turns out they were all inside the butt.
3: Isn't that something special? Isn't that how they ended the TV show Lost? <laughs> I remember there was a smoke monster. I do. And a the, big fat guy. I do remember that. I liked him. <laughs>
0: Now, Gypsy wasn't involved in the Tate-LaBianca murders at all, but she was a believer, and she testified in Manson's trial that the real mastermind of the whole thing was fellow family member Linda Kasabian, and not Charlie. They tried to absolve Charlie of any responsibility whatsoever. Charlie didn't know about any of this. Texts and all of mm. them went out because Linda told him to. Uh, and of course, it didn't fucking work. Linda's
3: know- have been pulling this country together for a long time and being accused of crimes as well. I think <laughs> Linda's are strong. Linda's are brave. And I love a good Linda. No, believe I believe a
1: good Linda too. My, my mother, Linda, she got pulled over by a cop the other day because she um she ran a red light. and But the way she did it... it it was like a soft right turn through the red light and she was like and I told that bastard he pulled me over and he said oh oh you need you just at the red light and it was like oh I should hesitate before I knock you across the chops and I was like mom <laughs> cops are more aggressive than they've ever been before right now I can't have you be a statistic
3: <laughs> oh man Linda is gonna get shot by the police. <laughs> <laughs> what a way for Mazabrowski to go out
0: a Gypsy was also involved in the intimidation of family member and witness, Barbara Hoyt, because Gypsy participated in a plot to permanently freak Barbara out with an LSD-soaked hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh now, now that's a hell of a
3: burger.
1: Barbara Hoyt was going to testify against Manson in the trial, right? Mm, right. And so at first they were like, okay, what we'll do is we'll lure her to Hawaii. Right, in order to make sure she's not on the stand to in order to testify. How are so they going to get to Hawaii? They, they don't said, even have money for guns. They said, hey man, couldn't you get Hawaii, there's poi. And she's just like, oh cool, soft food that's not hummus and it's not chili and I don't know what the hell it is. Cool, I'll go look. But they didn't understand that not only do planes go into Hawaii, planes also just leave Hawaii as well. Oh, so she got to Hawaii and they're like gotcha, and she's like I'll just go back on a plane and go back to America. I'll go back to the continental states. And they were like, All Right, what the fuck do we do? So they covered a burger in LSD to poison her. But instead, she developed the start of the smartphone.
0: Well, at this point in family history, Gypsy was 0 and 2 on saving Manson. So she figured the seven forty seven plan was her best shot. And besides, she'd also fallen in love with Curly during the planning of the scheme, and she'd married him. So Ah. she was down for whatever Curly was down for as well. When Curly says, this is the plan, she says, fucking great. That's what you got to do. Add complex emotions
3: into it. Always.
1: Getting married is always such a great idea because it's
0: permanent. Yes. And it's really hard to get out of it. Perfect. You're legally bound to that person. Awesome. Curly and Gypsy were joined by Dennis Rice, who had worked nights at an adult bookstore before joining the family in 1970, after the Tate-LaBianca murders had already happened. They were gaining members.
3: Sadder experience working days at the adult bookstore or nights at the adult bookstore?
1: If you're working nights at the adult bookstore, they don't think that you should be seen
0: by customers during the day.
3: Yeah, so I think that's when when they get kind of the hardcore stuff back in the day, Mm. yeah.
0: I would say working days is sadder because at night, at least you get people who have jobs because they had to work all ah, day long. Good yeah, point. Yeah, during
1: the days, you have guys using it like a fucking library. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Can I ask, Marcus, do you know anything about the mechanisms that Charles Manson used to
0: get them their directions? Like, I was trying to look it yeah. up. It was it was uh, this guy. It was Rice. Rice was the one who ran messages back and forth because since Rice had joined in 1970 after the murders, he was completely clean. He had no connection to the murders or any of their previous crimes whatsoever. So he was able to visit Charles Manson and Charles Manson would give the messages to Dennis Rice and Dennis Rice would take them back to the family.
2: Now the jester has his home. But sometimes <laughs> the jester's Jester. home is occupied by the jester's father. And what does that tell one when one deeply thinks about jesters, kings, queens, dukes?
1: And he has to like, he's taken all of these messages being like, I just hope he tells me like a location or a time or something for any of these. The, I think these are directions. This might be a song that he's writing in front of me.
0: Well, Rice said that he thought Charles Manson was the second coming of Christ. And since Earth hadn't treated Jesus all that well the first time, maybe Dennis could do better this time around.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, he's going to fix Jesus' bullshit.
3: What was it about Charlie again? Was there anything tangentially tied to Christianity? There wasn't, though, right? Like, he never talked about anything with Jesus or anything.
1: From what I can surmise... A lot of it was just him biting time until he could get his boner back. I see. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Most of his philosophy was not in any way, shape, or form structured because even the B team in the lost tapes—they are asked direct questions about Charlie's philosophy, and none of them have a fucking answer that is worth. Anything.
3: That's how you do it. They're all
1: like, because one, the main interviewer is like, tell me they believe that Charles Manson believes that he is the new coming of Jesus Christ. And then the one girl's like, he's never said it dead on, but he's really (laughs) led us to a lot of making that decision for him, for him. And you're like, what? (laughs) What does it even mean?
0: Well, he also had like so many subtle ways of convincing these people uh, to join his cult and to do whatever he wanted to do. A lot of it was actually in his music. I mean, I've been mm-hmm. listening to a lot more of Manson's album recently. Great. And a song like, specifically like Home is Where You're Happy, uh, which is, I mean, it's a very catchy song, because that's the thing, is that Manson songs right. are very catchy, uh-huh. but the bridge of the song is burn all your bridges, leave your old life behind, you can do all you want to do. Because you're strong in your mind. Okay, Whoa. Marcus,
3: so you're dabbling with agoraphobia right now. Um, do you feel like... <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm do actually you, doing great. No, I know, I know, I know. No, you're doing great. But you're, it's a pandemic, you know, haven't uh-huh. left the house in a while. You're listening to uh, the B-sides of Charles Manson. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> do I'm not you, only listening, I'm learning how to play them on guitar, my friend. Okay, okay. <laughs> so It's constructive. Is that, is that? I think it's constructive. Uh,
1: Technically, right now, it's helping the show after this episode yeah that's where we're gonna hit into some like problem like areas right but we've already been here before he has been through this to charles manson he had some of his music had some good
3: bones he's listening to charles manson specifically the song home is where you're happy on loop while not leaving his house
1: he's learning the song
0: (laughs) i leave my house twice a day to go walk the dog
1: He's gotta go yell at people and show him his new tambourine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I it's, believe
1: you. It's funny you say that because the man, the B team talks about the music as being a major hinge because yeah. they were all super into. I, I forget what the term is. There is a there is a pheromone. There's a I don't know what the term is. Fucking it's not a pheromone. It's like a protein. It's something that comes out when in group activity. But it's the idea of the people come together doing group activities and they feel good doing it. And so the big thing that they were super into was the group sing-alongs. And Charlie used to throw them all all the time and it was how they kind of all got together and it would precede and succeed their orgies and those things that they do at night. And... It seems like even the songs within the group got mixed reviews because one of the long hairs that's in the documentary, it's like, you know, man, some of Charlie's hits, man, they really got that flow, man. You know, some of them need some work, but the other ones well, are just like, really good. And you're like, man.
3: Fuck you. No, that's good constructive criticism. All artists need good constructive criticism.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of genius to garbage dump, garbage dump. Why do they call you a garbage dump? Garbage dump. Oh, garbage dump. That sums it up in one big lump. That's not genius.
3: (laughs) That is not not genius. If you think about the garbage dump, garbage lump, I mean, that's great. I think it's very
0: smart. You can imagine what's in the garbage. Well, it was his song about dumpster diving, because that's how the Manson family survived.
3: Just like Joe Exotic and his motley crew of heroes. (laughs) He
1: fed an entire zoo audience meat from a dumpster, and they loved it.
3: (laughs) I was just thinking about that the other day. It was
0: funny. Well, joining Curly, Gypsy, and Dennis Rice were Lawrence Giddings, a.k.a. Little Larry, and Chuck Lovett, a.k.a. Chuckleberry, plus... Two others. Chuckleberry is kind of a fun name.
1: They would all get their um, nicknames after they did the death ceremony. So he would give them all acid and he's like,
2: okay, imagine you're in the casket. Oh, it's cold. There's all sorts of dirt outside the casket, right? Well, what's this. in there? Is it
3: worms? Is it spiders? It's a nice casket. It's just kind of a pillow. And- but you start, he starts
1: taking you through and then you die.
3: He's like, all right,
2: you're dead. You're fucking dead. You're wow, dead. Oh, Jesus. And then you're alive.
3: And I'm Chuckleberry
1: now? Yep. Unfortunately,
2: <laughs> yes, that is your nickname. It's the first one I come up with, and unfortunately, I do not do second drafts. Sounds like a children's sugary
3: cereal. That's what you are to uh, me. I'm a children's I'm sugary cereal. Oh, c- c- God.
0: Well, it's better than waking up from a big ceremony and having Charles Manson go, Oh, you're Scramblehead now. Get out of here, Scramblehead.
2: <laughs> I do That is
0: tough to say. Because
3: Scramblehead, you do have credence to just run around like a maniac, randomly kicking people in the shins. Scramblehead sounds like a
1: children's Cenobite. <laughs>
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: Once the crew was established They loaded up in a van And headed to the Western Surplus Gun Store In Hawthorne, California Now as I said Manson family were flush with small arms So they stormed the gun store And held up both the staff And a couple of customers While they gathered and loaded 140 rifles Into their van For their upcoming hijacking scheme Wow, you want to
3: put a lock on those guns, like one of those, like a string or something, just anything to stop people
0: from just stealing them off the walls. They just do it. Well, honestly, I think. I think what this was really about, I don't think that Curly had any intention whatsoever of breaking Manson from jail. By how many rifles they stole, 140 rifles, this was a job for the Aryan Brotherhood. Like, this was for for the fucking gang that Curly was actually a part of, and he was just using these dumb fucking hippies to get the guns. It's 140
1: guns. Yeah, and they're not gonna do anything, and then he knows that he can then have the Aryan Brotherhood, the members that are out of jail, he can come and essentially just take over this Group and have their essentially sex kittens attached to it already. Like that's what it, what he wanted. And I, you could see him project that onto his group of like I have this whole group of like willing females because it was like me, it's it's all it, you know. It's weird how there's no real like trust amongst thieves. Isn't that <laughs> something
3: very true? <laughs>
0: But this being a fucking gun store, someone tripped the silent alarm. And since Western Surplus was one of those stores that didn't call the cops unless something had gone terribly wrong, an officer was soon on the scene... And the shootout began.
1: Ooh. This is fun. This is the the
0: closest, this story. I feel like this should have been in the fucking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's fucking crazy. No, this is a full, like, this seems like the climax to a wacky caper comedy.
3: So just one tubby officer showed up and was just like, oh, okay, I've got to deal with this now. Well,
1: because it's true. Like, several articles I read talked about how this place was so, like, hands off to the cops. Like, they did not like cops this store and the fact that they called they were like oh shit something's really going down they don't call us okay
0: yeah well officers jim mcinerney and kenny cox were the first on the scene and both took positions on either side of the front window of the store while lieutenant james jobbis covered the back alley where he was soon joined by two more officers so Almost immediately, there are five police officers there waiting to take the Mansons down. They are fucking surrounded. Once family members saw the cops out front, they tried the alley, out back, and seeing cops out there too, they busted open the door and unloaded a shotgun into one of the cop cars, shattering the passenger side window.
1: Yeah, the guy was in there. He would have he been exploded.
0: Yikes. Now, as the officers out front ran to the back, The family continued firing at the police car, demolishing the emergency lights on top just as Officer Cox opened fire with his service revolver. Now, the family did make it to their van amidst a hail of bullets, but just as they were about to drive off with Gypsy behind the wheel... Officer McInerney unloaded his service revolver into the driver's side window, Ooh. and when he ran out of ammo, a helpful neighbor ran down from his apartment and brought more.
3: <laughs> he just had ammo. Look at that. Yeah, that thirty eight cal. Yeah,
0: he got equipped. That's like a video
3: game. Look at that. Well, that's why you got you got to buy the thirty eight cal plant, and you get uh, you get ammo every
0: day. <laughs> Now, at this point, the cops figured it was time for more firepower, so they grabbed a shotgun from their car, walked over to the van, stuck the barrel in the window, and fired indiscriminately before yelling at everyone inside to exit the vehicle.
1: See, I would have taken the shotgun blasts like, hey, we should leave. Yeah, (laughs) you would think so. We should get out of here.
0: They then opened the driver's side door and out tumbled Gypsy, riddled with buckshot. And all she could manage was a weak apology before the cops cuffed her.
1: I'm fucking sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Because this wow. must have been a shell shock for these people. I think so. They, they all talk about, the, especially the original crimes, the Taylor Bianca murders, the way they all kind of consider it. They thought it was fantasy. First of all, because they were getting used to this hippie lifestyle, living all together, you know, that, you know, proto version of freeganism where they were living off of the grocery stores and and people's help and and various kind of benefactors that would come in. And whoever that's the idea was to attract people that had stuff to bring to the family so they would have it. So on some level. They kind of thought that Manson's, all of his bullshit about the race war would kind of just pass, I think, or that it would just cause them to all live deeper in the desert. So they kind of all were like, we didn't think that those crimes were ever going to happen. The B team always assumed that that was just kind of bullshit. And then all of a sudden now they're in their middle of a fucking Old West style raid again. And they are not hardened criminals they are no. not good at this
3: no gypsy's no. just living like dick cheney's best friend who he took hunting shot in the face i mean <laughs> this is this is horrible for this uh, i mean obviously they they, they caused the uh they caused the chaos, I guess.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, they started it. Yeah. Uh, but that, what's amazing to me about this is like imagining being a citizen in Los Angeles in 1971 and like the, Manson fa- like the Manson murders are the scariest thing that ever happened to Los Angeles. And all of a sudden, Manson family followers are in shootouts with the cops on the street. That's just a part of your everyday fucking life. I can't imagine what it was like to experience that.
1: Yeah. Like there's more of them. Yeah. there's more Manson family, like wow. holy shit, did he really have an army because it also boosters Manson's view of the the public of him, where they were like, Oh, he really was the you know a bearded Svengali. How many times do huh. you have to hear that term? They all call him a beard like and also calling him Charlie was interesting. He only became Charles Manson as he became more and more a serious and a serious villain. Where Originally, he was kind of more of a goofy guy. Right. Especially with all the antics and shit. But this showed it was like, is he a tiny general? (laughs)
3: Yeah, that's like when you go back to your fifteen year high school reunion and you're like, I'm not Charlie anymore. My name is Charles and I work for the FBI. And then they're like, Wow, you're professional. You know? Like he got he got to become a pro level, evil, maniacal
2: mastermind. And I forgot he did his spiel of being like that's why I'm the, That's how you know I'm the new Jesus, because man-son. I'm the son of man. Jesus Christ is the ultimate son of man. Man-son, that's me. <laughs> Does anybody else scat like that? Look how tight
0: my tongue is. I believe it! Well, back to the shootout. As Gypsy was being handcuffed, the back door of the van suddenly opened, and the rest of the Manson hippies... Took off down the alley on foot. <laughs>
1: oh, man.
3: Serpentine, man. You got to do a serpentine movement. <laughs> zigzag, zigzag.
0: After a few more shots were fired, though, the family knew they were done. So they just gave up and were arrested. The only one who got away was Chuckleberry, who had hidden underneath a car when the shooting started and had run away during the firefight while the cops were otherwise occupied.
3: (laughs) That's Chuckleberry for you. (laughs) He's always
0: hiding. He was captured a few days later, though. He didn't stay on the run for long. Now, none of the cops had even come close to being hit. But three Manson family members had been shot in the gun battle with wounds ranging from a pellet filled shoulder to a shattered kneecap. It's
1: got to be so fulfilling Uh to shoot a Uh member of the fans of the Manson family. It's got to be so much fun to just plug. Because, you know, all these cops wanted to do shoot the hippies anyway. And now you get to shoot a violent one? That's got to be
0: fun. It was, however, pretty obvious to police that they'd arrested Manson family members. Because at least two of the robbers, including Gypsy, had the telltale X's carved into their foreheads that signified one as a follower of Charles Manson.
1: Man, they really must have fucking regretted that
0: at some later on she a gypsy eventually got plastic surgery to have it removed oh
1: no kidding you can just do that yeah i guess it's difficult to like join a quilt group <laughs> uh, once you have a Swastika tattoo to your forehead, <laughs> yeah,
3: well, I suppose so. A lot of these SoundCloud rappers are going to be doing that soon. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Getting surgery to get rid of all those face tattoos,
1: especially because Takashi fucking Six Nines in witness protection is his name's on his forehead.
3: Yeah, it's not going to work out for that kid.
0: Now, of course, all members of the Manson family that were arrested in this scheme tried to defend themselves in trial, but all were denied. <laughs>
3: what, <laughs> Nat? Don't let him. No, absolutely not. I think they might be able to talk their way out of this, especially Chuckleberry. At some point, they're probably,
1: they all look at each other when the third one's being like,
2: man, I'm going to defend myself, man. I know how to do it.
1: They all look at each other and go, you know what? You know what the thing is, Chuckleberry? You're too groovy to be alone. (laughs) What? You're just too with it, man. You're too spaced out, man. You're too fucking on the fucking ball, dude. You know what I'm saying? You're right, man. I am too fucking chilled out, malaxed out, full on serpentine fucking
2: cool really?
3: Doesn't seem like it. Nope. You just robbed a gun store. But
0: yeah, it was a, just a bad afternoon, man. Bad afternoon. <laughs> Even so, the defense, who was representing all of them at once in one trial, made a huge mistake in calling one of the most unpredictable people on the planet to the stand. He called... Charlie, Hell yeah,
1: Whoa. buddy. Give him the spotlight.
3: <laughs> Did he he must have known this was going to be good for his own, um, like, fame. This, yeah. this lawyer. He must have known.
0: Well, the plea had been not guilty by reason of insanity. And the defense attorney figured that if he could get Charlie to admit that all of these hippies had acted under Manson's direction and influence, it could be proved that they didn't know right from wrong during the robbery. Hence, the insanity defense. But Charlie, true to his character, refused to cooperate and instead said, Hell yeah, they knew right from wrong. Send him to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie. Dude,
3: that's the Charlie I remember. Totally unpredictable. With no loyalty at all. None.
0: <laughs> But Manson wasn't the only one called to the stand. According to John Waters, who attended the pretrial hearing, each Manson family member on death row was called to the stand in what amounted to a bizarre reunion. And it was actually the last time all the Manson family members were together in one place.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Squeaky from You guys know her, you guys love her. <laughs>
3: I can't, goes, ah, I can't believe she's here. I can't believe she's
0: here.
1: Oh, dude, are they gonna get Rachel out here? Whoa! <laughs> and and what's and Rachel and what's the other guy from Friends? Chandler, <laughs> Raw?
0: I wanted to say Spindler, Monica. <laughs> when the family was all in one place the first time in well over a year and the last time ever they all started chanting and spoke to each other in a nonsensical Manson language that only they understood until the court was finally brought back under control
1: this is before the news was like like wanting to just entertain us and destroy all credibility and destroy any objective truth. So at this time, it's all very sober people watching. Right. All, they just let the, the circus out and all the going like, like just doing Charles Manson scat at each other. And they're so finally being like, you could tell it goes on for a couple of minutes and then some conservative judge from 1971 is like, what in the Sam Hells going on here? I mean, I'm
3: with the job. What's going on here?
0: Well, the cool thing about this trial, though, and all of this bullshit, you know, the the Hawthorne shootout and all that, John Waters attended the pretrial hearing. And after seeing the Manson family all together talking to each other in a bizarre language and seeing how they interacted with each other, he immediately went home to Baltimore and wrote Pink Flamingos.
3: Wow. What an inspiration. <laughs> of course the inspiration for Pink fl- Flamingos was the, monster, was the Manson family screaming at each other in a courtroom. Of course that was. It all makes sense. Also, Divine, love Divine. I don't think she needed to eat the dog shit. because That's a they fucking also- real
1: woman. That's a real woman <laughs> a real performer. That's what it takes. And I explained this to Natalie at some point. I was like, he was at the the pretrial. And before I even said it, she was like, oh my God, that's where pink flamingos comes from. And I was like, yeah,
3: wow. <laughs> you know, they, they made that, they kept on feeding the dog because the dog was constipated. This is what I'm bringing <laughs> to the show today. The dog was constipated, so they kept on feeding the dog. And then finally, it had a little poop they shouldn't have done that to the dog that means no, the chicken for that matter
0: <laughs> Although i think they did eat the chicken they ate the chicken yeah yeah and if you want some fun john waters uh manson family mix-up action uh multiple maniacs is on uh hbo max it's definitely worth a watch it's fucking okay. great now of course all of the chanting and nonsensical language and all that bullshit it didn't help the Manson family's case at all. And a jury very swiftly sent all of them to prison, San Quentin for the men and the California Institute for Women for the ladies. Just cut to one juror carving an
3: X in their head as it all starts (laughs) happening and be like, I think we got one. I'm in. I'm
0: in. (laughs) I'm sold. And the ladies actually joined Leslie Van Houten, Susan Atkins, and Patty Krimwinkle in a special unit that was just for Manson girls. They
3: had a great time that honestly must have been just fine. I think at some point they
1: they must have enjoyed that lifestyle for a second. They liked the inter- the attention, but
0: I think as the years go, yeah. the shine wore off. It did. It, but it did take years. It took absolutely it took years upon years for all of them to finally break free of the Charles Manson thing and finally admit like, "Oh, maybe we fucked up." Ah. Uh, well, most were released within 5 years. And while a lot of them faded into history, some like Gypsy and Dennis Rice joined other Manson family acolytes like Tex Watson in becoming born-again Christians. And they still, to this day, speak of the evils of cults.
3: I o- I always get my religious views from Tex Watson, the man who gutted <laughs> Sharon Tate. Yep, yeah, but it's nothing like a religious
1: get-out-of-jail card to just make you smile again. Good <laughs> Lord. No,
3: Tex, you're going to hell. I just want to tell Tex you're going to hell um, if he's listening. I know he's not, but...
0: No, um, no.
3: Well, there it is. It is the 1971 shootout in Hawthorne at the gun store. Very creepy stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, read read John Waters' role uh, role models. It's a really fun. It's a fun read. It's good for what ails you right now. It's just fucking. It's a great romp. It's I a fun... just
3: So wish they weren't violent because you know it could have been fun for a second. We, we never would have heard of them. No.
1: Nope. They would have just died out in the desert of starvation.
0: Uh, I love this side
1: trip into the world of Charles Manson. It's been a while since we've seen him. But, guys, this is not the first little heavy hitter territory we're going to get into. The Summer of Strange is sadly over. Summer is gone. The fall begins. Yes. We're down. We're going to hit some fucking <laughs> crazy topics over the next couple of months. I'm very excited. Next week we're going right into heavy hitters. Then we've got some UFOs, we got a cult series. We got all this shit coming your way. Very fucking excited.
3: As always, excited to give you uh, as much edutainment as we possibly can. Thank you all so much for supporting. The show is here on the Last Podcast Network. Also, we have the big announcement about fraudsters. Please uh, listen to
1: fraudsters on Spotify exclusively. Cina doing- Navi and Justin Williams are putting together an incredibly researched and funny show about financial crimes. And they are doing things uh, in a kind of more involved way where they are also interviewing people that are involved with a lot of these crimes and people that are victims of these crimes, and so if you get to re- a real
0: inside the bull look. Yeah, and their first uh, series is about Mrs. Cleo. Miss Cleo. Mrs. Cleo. Cleo. Uh,
1: she, she's not married. Okay.
0: Miss <laughs> <laughs> Cleo, excuse me. Ben, could you please?
3: Call me now, and I would call her, and I, I would call Miss Cleo whenever I needed any kind of help or any kind of assistance, but apparently you never really got Miss Cleo, which mm. is one of the reasons she is uh, the main focus of the first two episodes of Fraudsters. So, Mm -hmm. thanks for supporting all the shows here. Uh, If you want your weekly wrestling update, listen to Kinda Fun. We got politics. Everything you want to know or don't want to know, but you're gonna know. We got Ableton's
0: Top Hat. No dogs for all your music and edutainment needs. Yep. We just started a series on uh, Dead Kennedys. We are two parts into our series on Dead Kennedys, uh, and we're extremely (laughs) excited about that because Dead Kennedys is one of our favorites. All right,
1: This is very, very exciting. Whiz Brew Pay 7 Pop History to check it all out. Um, LastPodcastMerch.com. We have all new bullshit coming out. We have lighters. Oh, I believe we're going to have some other fun, some sort of accessories coming your way. That's not dick sucking. That's <laughs> not, not <laughs> dick sucking? It's not dick sucking. Because it
3: definitely sounded like it. it- no okay it's not dick sucking no uh, I
1: think that you all you, check it out and support us and uh, we want to thank you for your support up until this time thank you for supporting us and having a week off we yeah. are can you hear how relaxed we are listen to the relaxation <laughs>
3: ooze out of your face uh. alright everyone thank you so much for listening hope you're uh, hanging in there keep on trucking and never forget hail yourselves hail satan Oh, game Magoostalations, everyone. And me. Let's go rob a bank. No. No? I, I don't think
1: that we'd be good. I'd like to be a wheels man.
0: Mm. <laughs> I'd be good at crowd control.
3: What oh. am I supposed to
0: do? You're the uh, decoy. Distraction. Yeah.
3: yeah. Do you have- <laughs> so I'm supposed to what, go take a dump. <coughs> who's robbing the bank? You're big enough. I'm going to say
1: this. And I'm, this is not a slight against you, but I think that you could probably take one or two bullets and live. Yeah. So you need to be first out and first in. But who's robbing the bank? Carolina. we got to get okay, Carolina for that. Carolina. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for the ladies. Natalie would be good, too. Have <laughs> <If> the ladies <laughs> do it, we're the support team.
3: Yeah. I'm just getting shot twice.
1: That's your job. <laughs> You're an essential part of the team, absorbing bullets for the other members of the team. What if they yeah, shot yeah. me in the head? they shot you in the face (laughs) it's a risk we were willing to take (laughs) that's dumb and dumber guys this show is made possible by listeners like you thanks to our ad sponsors you can support our shows by supporting them for more shows like the one you just listened to go to (laughs) lastpodcastnetwork.com